This is the St. Luligan Podcast Network. And this is Christina, and you're listening to Wannabe Fans, a podcast for wannabe fans of St. Louis City SC. Hello, everyone. It's been a while since we've actually been able to update you with a podcast episode. Um, Today, we're going to spend a little bit of time doing some quick reacts to the last three games, including Dallas, the U.S. Open Cup, and Chicago. Yeah, so... We've had a few matches come and go since the last time that we recorded. Um, you can blame me for getting married, and that took up a large chunk of time. Well, um, it wasn't the married part. It was the going to Cabo part? It was the going to Cabo part. And did you have a good kidding. time in Cabo? I did. I did. We were able to watch uh, the match while we were in Cabo, um, which was great. We got a lot of people rallying for City. Um, at the bar, which was also a good time because we were watching on our phone at the bar. Oh. That's where we were able to get, uh, you know, the Wi-Fi, and then we couldn't, like, we couldn't get it on the TV screen, so we just watched it on our phone. But people were getting really excited because, um, you know, we had a lot of soccer fans at the bar that night. Um, and so which was game? Cool. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. But which game were you watching at that point in time? Was it the Rapids game? I think so. Okay. Or the Timbers. Sorry. Oh yeah, it was both. Portland. Both of them. Didn't yeah, you? yeah, we had you both of them. Both. We were gone for both, so we were able to watch both. Um, well, then I thought there was the Open Cup match was this past week. There was an oh, oh there the was one, one before then. that yeah, against Omaha. Yeah, that's the one we watched while we were there. Okay. So. We got to watch two matches while we were there. Really cool. But then we had three matches come and gone since we last um, recorded. Yeah, I had to record solo on the last one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so you and I were pretty excited about Dallas, and you actually came over to watch it with me. Yeah. And then, of course, they had the weather weather cancellation Mm -hmm. slash postponement. Um, due to like severe thunderstorms in the area, which was depressing because yeah. we we were watching it and we were like, are they going to come back? Are they going to come back? And we waited a little while for it and it never, you know, eventually they announced that it was going to be postponed. But it was actually a good thing in some ways that that one ended when it did because um, I've been fostering a pregnant dog and she gave birth the next morning. <laughs> And she was, she went into late, she started going into labor that night, right when that game got postponed. So um, I had to kind of like stay with her and watch her for the next yeah. however many hours. So if like, if the game had been on, I probably would have been like really distracted anyway. So right. I can still watch it in the future now. Exactly. They'll, they'll have it on, I think it's the beginning of June. Oh dear. They rescheduled. So yeah. And it'll start at the 50th minute. I think it's kind of wild. Um, I mean, I'm kind of glad that it ended when it did too, because Tim Parker was already like 
<laughs> he had his, his yellow card. So he was out of the match anyway um, at that point. And I totally forgot about that because when we watched on um, Saturday uh, against Chicago, I saw on Instagram that like the match was at noon and I saw on Instagram at like 9.30 that Tim Parker was at a coffee shop and I'm like, what is he doing? He's got to get ready for the match. But he was he wasn't playing. He was suspended. He was suspended, which either way, it doesn't matter. He can go to whatever he wants. But my brain went there like, wait, he has to play soccer in like two hours. What is going on? Um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, I, I'm glad that, you know, we had a weather cancellation, but I feel like Dallas was really struggling with it. Uh, I don't know what their procedure was, but people were still sitting out on like the, yeah. ch in the chairs, like way past the point of like where we were told to leave and go into the storm. So I've shelters. Been, I've been at that, like in that stadium before. I don't think there's a lot of places to shelter. I was there for uh, a music festival when I lived in Texas and I think that might have been a problem is they didn't just have places to shelter. So they did eventually start moving people that we could see on the screen. But I, I wonder if that was part of it is like people were like, well, there's nowhere really for us to go. So we're just going to keep sitting here until someone makes us go somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I felt like Dallas was pretty disappointed because they were, it seemed like they were playing pretty strong, but uh, it's okay. We'll get a, we'll get it back. In we'll June, and um, I feel good about the next, the upcoming matches. But we've we've had a couple of doozies. We as have of late. had a couple of doozies. So um, I have not been following the Open Cup. Just when they're scheduled, I can't I can't watch. I have to work, so I have not been following it. But Christina, you have right. You watched the one yeah. in Cabo, and then you watched the one this past week as well. Yeah, yeah. I uh, the one in Cabo. Omaha, obviously we won. It was awesome. Uh, really, really nice um, to see us win. I don't, to be fully transparent, I don't really remember a lot of the match. Um, it may have been the tequila, but I do remember that being a really uh, fun match to watch. I, I think we played really well. Um, the Chicago match ugh, was really hard to watch. I... I think that we just had some really, and here I go, unlucky uh, situations <laughs> because that last goal from uh, Chicago, um, I believe his last name, Lunt, is, was the goalkeeper. Um, so <laughs> funny story, uh, when the match started, Chicago within the first two minutes immediately scored like immediately. Yeah. And when they did, I had a moment of panic because for some reason I thought Berkey was our goalkeeper. <laughs> I'm like, goal Berkey would never. And so I text Anna Maria and I'm like, what is going on? What's happening to Berkey? And then I looked again and I'm like, that's not Berkey. That's not Berkey. It wasn't Berkey or Creek. It was Lunt. And hey, it's okay. He made his debut and it just happened. Unlucky. But um, that was hard to watch. And I did panic. Um, but the the last the last goal, I mean, we tied it up 
like around the 90th minute, uh, uh, Miggy tied it up for us. And then there was an opportunity for Chicago to score and they were super close to the net on the left side. And the ball, for some reason, Lunt came out like to try to get to the ball. But in doing so, it created a space for the uh, for Chicago to go around him and score. And he, there was no way for him to get back oh. to the post to protect it. So it was just like you're just watching. You're like, no, 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 no. But, um, yeah, just unlucky. Not, not the best decision. Uh, I could totally see – like in a moment of panic, maybe thinking like I need to get out there and like get the ball so that I can kind of push people back. But it unfortunately created a moment for them to score and that was it. So super hard to watch, but you know what? It's okay. It's our first year. We're an expansion team. We could just focus on the regular season. and, And I feel like that's something we need to do. I agree. Which, uh, speaking of the regular season, we had to play Chicago a second time within a week. Mm-hmm. And you and I were texting the entire time, as we do when we're not watching together. Yeah. Um, and it it was um, rough. Yeah. Actually, I have a question for you, which yeah. is in line with our current you know conversation. But like, do you think that Klaus? being gone is a component like is affecting our gameplay yes and and here's why okay because like i don't think that it's because klaus scores the goals i think we have a lot of people who can score goals yeah i think klaus fills a niche that he's like just always there when something happens so he helps create opportunities for us. I don't think I, I don't think it's just because he's a goal scorer, though. Right. I think it's literally that he's just the team's been built in such a way that he's an integral part of it. And when he's not there, I mean, we struggle. Yeah. That's what we've seen. We struggle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that night that we won five to one, Cincy. Uh, that was Cincy, right? Yeah, that was. Yeah. I mean, the the goal scorers there were Stroud and I believe. Um, oh my gosh, Lewin. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not like you said that he's the one who's scoring all the goals. Although in the beginning, when he we was, had that yeah. five win streak, that was it. And it seemed like everybody was trying to like manipulate like their plays and their strategy to like hover around him. Yeah. Like Minnesota. But even still, it seemed like that we were just able to like, have these different opportunities and he was creating them for us. And we just played a little bit more cohesive, but it just seems like we're out of like, we're kind of wacky right now. Like, yeah. like there's just, I don't know. And I mean, with Chicago, they have a new manager and apparently I learned that sometimes that causes teams to play a little bit better. There's like a bump because either they're trying to perform really well for the new management or just, you know, I don't know, other factors. So that could have played into it. But I also noticed that we just, it was rough. It was rough yeah. out there. I'm going to go back one second. The thing that you said about having a new manager makes sense. I, um, for those who don't know, I, I got my master's in industrial organizational psychology. 
And one of the very first studies in that field was whether or not they would turn the lights up or turn the lights down on workers, what it would do to their productivity. And they found out that no matter what they did, if they changed the lights, the workers were more productive. And the reason for it was not so much that it was the lights that changed it. It was the fact that they thought someone was paying attention to them. Mm. So that kind of like fits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's a really great analysis. Yeah. So it's just like, so, it's yeah. just a silly thing, but that's what that makes me yeah. think of is it's like, it's that totally bump makes of, oh, someone's paying attention to us. Maybe it yeah. changes how you feel about things. Right. Uh, you know, consciously or subconsciously. Yeah. They really played into our weaknesses too. I think that they, I mean, I, I believe in every player that is on the field. I just felt like, like Maggie and like, uh, was it Pedro? There were just a lot of moments where we were just playing really, it seemed kind of clumsy. And I hate to say that because I'm not like a soccer um like expert i'm not proficient so i feel like i don't have the credentials behind me to say you know if someone's playing clumsy or not but like it just it just seemed like the fouls were just all over the place unnecessary and they weren't really anything like we weren't trying to make like an actual move for the ball and so i just i don't know that really bummed me out just the constant fouls on our side um and, and and then just like not having those opportunities of course when you know at the the end i think my favorite part of the chicago match was when um we just released like we had josh yarrow we had uh glover yeah and then we had uh blum i was like look at all these people just gonna come out here with like fresh legs like ready to go um, that was so exciting. I'm like, at this point, I, I care if we win or if we lose, but at this point I'm like, this is cool just to see yeah. all these people come out and yeah. Cause bomb's been injured and yeah. then it was Glover's first time making an MLS appearance. Yeah. I think Yaro's second. And it was just like, I, at that point, like I had been feeling pretty salty throughout the game because like we had a lot of discussion about the referee, uh, in our text, which we'll get into in a moment. Um, and then I just like, I was feeling really salty because it just, it looked so sloppy. Yeah. And it looked so sloppy. And then when they came out, it was like a big weight being released off my shoulders. So I'm like, Oh, they're getting a chance. Like, I hope, I hope that they can score a goal for them and maybe make it a draw or something. Like it gave me some more hope Yeah, because I, I don't know how to describe it. I just wanted it to go well for them. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, I was just happy to see him. Yeah, exactly. It made me really, really happy that we were getting some people out there that haven't had much of an opportunity, you know, and honestly, even after we received the red card, which we'll talk about in a second too, I felt like we played better with 10 people than we did with 11. Yeah. Like, okay. So we'll talk about the red card first. I know who got the red card, but the situation I'm replaying it in my mind because I remember seeing it happen and then just being so wasn't it like, Nico? It felt like a dream. Was it Nico that got the red card? No, it was Nelson. It was Nelson. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, and, Nelson and was names. Nelson was having a uh, he was having a time out yeah, there. But he was. yeah, just full like unnecessary. <laughs> sorry. It was, it was just an unnecessary like 
use of lifting his full like um what do they call them boots i think yeah he just had it up and like went right into whoever the player was that he like basically just threw his entire foot at and that was an immediate red card like they didn't even he didn't even hesitate yeah immediate red card and i was like no why did we do that yeah i've never seen i've only witnessed like a couple of red cards um it was my first time seeing one actually it was your first time yeah it was my first time seeing one because like even every time i've watched chelsea or any other game that i've been to it's never happened oh so yeah, I, I guess I, that's I've there. I've seen, like, updates from games where it's happened on my yeah. phone. Um, but, like, I've never actually watched a game where it's happened. And it was just, like, this feeling of dread when he started pulling out the red card. And I'm like, oh, no. No, because <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was so, so immediate. And I'm like, yep, we deserved that. So bad. Um, it's Yeah. But I've only seen one other one, and I'm just trying to remember what it was. I think it was St. Louis. No, it was it was FC. It was St. Louis FC. It was during, like, the championship. Um, but it wasn't something they did. It was something they said. Oh. A player said something to another player, and that caused the red card. Otherwise, legitimate. yeah. And I felt like that was 100% legitimate. But that ref is – I can't. I was so angry at him for the majority of that match because the and it's like my brain is just like powering down for some reason because I fully remember both of these incidents, but I cannot remember was, the players' so names was involved. The, um, but the I know yellow card that I think it was Nico that got the yellow card. That's right. Yeah, so that Nico was, got that the was yellow. Like not supposed to be one, I think. Or yeah, was that, was that right? Yeah, he he like they replayed it, and his foot never even touched the other player, and he was yeah, clearly he going. Hit the ball. Yeah, he just hit the ball. Yeah, and even the commentators were like, "That probably shouldn't have been a yellow at the yeah. time." Yeah, he like pulled he he like pulled out the yellow, or he pulled out the notebook, and then he like put it away, and then he pulled out the yellow, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" It seemed like he wasn't sure. Yeah, what to do there, but he had to basically make a decision right then and just decided, just gonna go for the yellow. So but, I, it might have been. Some people were saying that it could have been an overcorrection because he didn't call yellow on us earlier in the game. Like that's 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 there was one it, yeah. that probably could have been called, but like it was just kind of all over the place. It felt like, yeah. But then there was the incident where the ball was basically going for the net and one of their strikers was, you know, by the net. And I think it was Leuven. It's like, I, that's where the names are messing with me. But basically he put his foot up to kick the ball and he ended up kicking dude in his face. Kamara, right? Kamara. And even Kamara looked like he wasn't really sure if it was a problem. But basically, they blew the whistle immediately. And in that same moment, he, in the same moment, the ball was back out on the field. And one of their players just slammed into one of ours. Yeah. Like, just went full-fledged, headbutt, 
into one of our players, and that player ended up being at, I mean, he was taken off the field. I hope he's okay, but I felt like that deserved, I mean, he was taken off the field. So what, what could they have done? But I'm like, that could have been a yellow or something because that was unnecessary, yep. totally unnecessary. So it just, Seemed like the. I, miss, I think I missed that part by the way because okay. I had I had to watch a little bit later. I'll show so, you. Okay, yeah. Because when you see it, it was blatant to me that something should have been done there, but because it led to a actual injury, nothing seemed to happen. Oh, okay. Like they didn't call anything. Weird. And it was so weird because they were super focused on whether or not there was a foul with Kamara being kicked in the face. But essentially, somebody said on one of the socials that MLS ruled that if um, your face is down and someone's going for the ball, like then it, it wouldn't be a yellow. Because your face is out because of position. Because your face is out of position. Right. So I'm guessing that's why they didn't say anything, but or why they didn't decide to, you know, put out a yellow card, but like his face was right there, but they had to, they had to blow the whistle because it's a head injury. Yeah. So no matter what, you have to blow the whistle on that. But I was kind of annoyed that we were like not calling that thing because it seemed like every call mattered, and they basically scored on one of the penalties. So I mean, it wasn't like because a direct result of the kick, we, they just found an opportunity because of it. But I was just. Bummed out. So was this hard. referee, all the way at the bottom of my list. Our list. Our list, yeah. sorry. Well, you know, we haven't actually talked about the list before. We haven't talked about the list. Should we talk about the list or should we leave it as a mystery? It's a mystery. It's a mystery? Yeah, it's a mystery for just a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. A little bit we longer. Have a, we have a list. We have a list, and this, this guy is so far down that he's in relegation territory. And I'm just really mad at him. And maybe I'll get over it. Maybe somebody will be worse. <laughs> I doubt it. But yeah, that guy's going out. And that's that's the thing for me is that the call, specifically with the Nico call, that's where he I I drew the line for him because I felt like he was not making that call confidently. No. He was just making a call. And I know that, like you said, which was a good point making up for another call that he should have made. But I'm just like but if you miss a call, you shouldn't make up for the call. You shouldn't by make up for punishing it. elsewhere. It's another your player. Fault, and now you're affecting the game. Right. Like I don't like that. Yeah. And I I just don't. And I just felt like he was way too yellow happy. And the commentator the commentators were clearly uh Chicago leaning, um, which was also annoying because I'm just yeah. listening to them but they were better than the Dallas commentators because we were <laughs> we were freaking out at the Dallas commentators when we were watching that one because they didn't talk about anything that was going on on the pitch. It was just no. It was just random fact, random fact, random fact. They were talking about the fact. Kansas City Chiefs at one point. And, yeah, and they we talked about like, yogurt and a diet for one point. Yeah, like, I don't want to hear that. Just tell me who's passing the ball to whom and what right. play is being made, please. Right. Like if I'm listening only you should be speaking in a way that tells me what's going on. Yes. Because it's hard. Match. It's hard when you're, it's, it's easier when you're in person, right? But it's hard when you're away and you know, you're watching from a screen to tell who is who. Cause right. like, you can't always make out the numbers. You can't make out the names. And it's just like, 
please tell me who's doing what because right. that's what you're here for. Yeah. Not to talk about yogurt and the Kansas City Chiefs. Exactly. That's but anyway, the commentators were better, but they were clearly Chicago leaning in the yeah. Chicago match. They were Chicago leaning. I mean, it wasn't so bad toward the end. It seemed like they were kind feeling of wavering. Sorry for us. Maybe they were feeling <laughs> sorry for us, but there was a point where I was like ready to turn them off because they were just so clearly like speaking about Chicago and speaking about us in a way that ugh. And I was I was also ready to see uh, MLS memes go really hard, like go in on us for the last couple of matches. That's the Facebook group that Anna Maria and I like to follow because they post really funny MLS memes. And they usually like kind of like, I don't know, say some some shit about the teams like after the match just for fun. But they didn't go in on us. They were really going in on Columbus this week because they choked. Choked. So thank you, Columbus, for taking the heat from us. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Columbus. <laughs> We wanted to talk a little bit about um, just things that we've seen online and have maybe heard people talking about um, in regard to the team and the performance and what things shape the way that we think about the team and the season and soccer in general. And we just noticed that, like, there's a trend in the last – couple of months um More like weeks I no i i mean like because ted lasso came out oh yeah um, but yeah in the last couple of weeks there's been a trend because we've seen more losses yeah um and so people and and i want to preface this by saying that i'm not judging anyone and and people are entitled to their opinion people are coming from all different kinds of places um and and showing up to these matches for a lot of different reasons so this is not me or us judging you it's just we want to express how we experience how we experience it, it yeah. and like what we're thinking showing up to the matches and so um yeah i mean we've seen or i've seen on twitter facebook after the last few matches, a lot of language about how we suck or we're terrible or whatever. And people are entitled to think that way. And we should hold the team to a standard, um, especially because we do want to see the team win. And um, we want to see people play well. We want to see, you know, not getting red cards for just totally knocking somebody out. Um so I respect that, but I, and for me, because uh, I'm not going to speak for Anna Maria, but she might feel similarly. Um, watching Ted Lasso the last couple of months has really affected the way that I watch soccer, um, just because I have to shift from my very competitive way of thinking to remembering that these are people uh, that have lives. And that there's a lot of things that affect the way that we play that's not just, you know, we're bad or we suck. Um, 
I don't know what's going on in people's lives, their personal lives, health-wise. Um, there, there's just a lot of factors, and um, I, I've become more prone to viewing it that way, and that keeps me from getting really bummed out, which I'm prone to do because, again, I've said over and over again, I'm really competitive, and I hate to see us lose. Like it makes it like affects the way I like feel the rest of the day. So I'll admit to that. I get really bummed out. But again, because of Ted Lasso, watching that Chicago fire match, I was actually not sad because I was, again, so excited to see Josh Yarrow, to see Caden Clover, and all these players come out and just like have all this new energy on the team and just seeing people play. And I'm sure like for them, there's probably a lot of pressure, but I also wonder if it was a lot of fun to like get to be out there yep. for the first time. Yeah. Had to be. Um, I, I think that the way that I feel about it is we're still an expansion team. This is our first year. And while we're on a bit of a losing streak, I would hesitate to say that we suck because we've done so well also like, and I think that maybe that's what makes it hard for people is that we've shown that we're capable of doing well, but we're still figuring things out. It's our first season. We're figuring yeah. things out. Other teams are figuring out things about us. It goes both ways. Um, you know, we just gotta, we just gotta figure that out. Other people have had more time to work together as a team than we have. Yeah. And I think people, things have changed with injuries and people coming in and coming out. And we're probably seeing some weaknesses that we didn't, see before because right. we had a lot of people on the field that you know were our stronger players maybe or had maybe not stronger players good but synergy with good other synergy with other players so that's what I think uh we can kind of take from the last few matches is that we're an expansion team we have a lot of room to grow we have a lot of you know, time and people, uh, you know, our, our players have a lot to learn. So I'm just excited to see where we go from here. Um, I'm excited for Klaus to come back, of course, and hopefully, you know, he's recovering well. Um, but I do, I do really hope that we beat Casey. That is going to be a tough one for me. I really want to see us win that one. Yeah. I, Ted Lasso or not, that one, I just, I really, really want to see us win that Understandable. one. Um, but that's what rivalries are all about. We talked about that at the beginning. We did. Um, that we were excited for the rivalries. And obviously the excitement comes from wanting to see us just destroy them. Yep. <laughs> weeks ago I joined the St. Louis City Punks as a member and there's there was some drama also a couple weeks ago where people were upset about the women's subgroup the Riot Girls and their flags being flown at events um, I believe some of the comments on social media included stuff like you know keep your feminist politics out of our sports and things like that so we wanted to reiterate on the podcast that soccer is for everyone and especially people who don't necessarily have a space in, in soccer, like 
It's not right. the male dominated area sports right. are. Mm-hmm. Like we've got to kind of carve out that space for ourselves and there's nothing wrong with that. Like exactly. And and like in every group, every supporters group or like you'll constantly hear this phrase like don't be a jerk or um and the idea is that you you can feel or think however you want. Like you have those opinions, that's your right. But where you don't have a choice is whether or not you're going to be a dick about it. Just don't be a dick about it. And that's that's where we see in a lot of sports, hockey, um, you know, Pride Night, people get up in arms about Pride Night. Why are we bringing politics? Why are we bringing these things into sports? It should just be about the sports. I, I don't know how or when we will ever get people's brains to wrap around the fact that it is not just about that it is about community soccer is about community and if you don't believe that if you are just showing up because you like to watch people play soccer and you're into all the technicalities okay that's great no one cares because guess what that's for you soccer is for you and what you want out of it but whether or not you believe it Soccer is a community sport. So and, and to be a community, to be a good community, you're inclusive. You are fighting for people's rights. You are advocating. You are trying to do everything that you can to make it a place uh, for everyone. And so, yeah. yeah, you're entitled to your right, but you're not entitled to be a dick. So you say whatever you want, feel however you want about it, vent, get it all out there on the Internet. I don't care. Just don't be a dick. Keep that to yourself. And of course, it was only the Riot Girls flags that they had issues with. Of it wasn't course. like any of the other flags that were out there. Of course. It was just those. So. Yeah. Politics are in sports. Politics are everywhere. And it's not like that flag is going straight to your face and taking your rights away from you. That flag and what it stands for has nothing to do with you. And maybe it has something to do with you, but it's for the betterment of community and for the people who show up and also want to watch soccer and maybe don't have the same representation representation as you. And so that's where I stand with it. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I feel like there's been a lot going on lately in, Missouri in general, Missouri politics, where it's just not being as safe of a space as it could for a lot of people. I mean, we've got, you know, for example, uh, I'm going to bring politics into it. You know, I don't care if you're listening to this, you already know how we feel about topics. So like, we're just going to, we're just going to go in all for it. Like, you know, uh, women's rights are being attacked. Trans rights are being attacked. Like it is getting to be scary out there for some of us who aren't in the more represented majority of, you know, usually white men. And it's, it's hard to occupy spaces where you are in a minority and it's hard to occupy spaces where you feel like the majority might be against you for whatever reason. So I, I feel like it's been a lot lately. I, I, Kind of, I'm going to like go on a little bit of a different tangent right now, but like recently, you know, you all know that I'm in, I'm in fencing, I'm a fencing coach and within USA fencing, they posted up for, um, 
Asian American Pacific Islander month, which is May, they posted up a graphic to show for that month, like, you know, kind of honor the fences of that heritage. Mm-hmm. And I got into it with someone um, who said that this was an unnecessary thing and that we didn't need to honor people because that's divisive. And I, I just like, for, for full context, I am Asian American, white and Asian American. Um, and I consider myself biracial, even if I look mostly white, I'm white passing. And it just ignited this fury in me because it's like, it's not divisive to honor people who are traditionally marginalized by the majority. If you're giving them recognition that they've never really received or that they've received at a more limited amount, and then you're making them feel more included, that's not divisive. And the people who often say that it is divisive are people who are from the majority or, you know, like the less marginalized group. So, yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about it. I'm not doing a very good job of explaining them now or why, but yeah, you can kind of understand where I'm going with this, where it's just like, let people be represented. Yeah. Let people fill that need for our community. Let people, let everyone who wants to participate, who can respect the rights of others come and participate. Mm-hmm. And notice I phrased it that way because we don't need the bigots in our group. We just need everyone who is going to like, you know, work together. If you're going right. to be bigoted, you don't need to be a part of the group. Like right. that sort of thing. And I think, I think that the divisive um, argument is kind of a cop out. I think if you have had conversations with people who say having, you know, um, these different populations be represented um, or be honored and it's divisive, those conversations immediately unravel to not even being about it being divisive. Yeah. It's that they feel threatened. Yeah, exactly. And, and okay, maybe you need to unpack that um, because... I don't really know. I think the fact that uh, our country capitalizes on those types of things like representation and makes money off of it and turns it into like corporate, like all this stuff, I think that could be threatening. But the action itself, representation, like at a sporting match or having a month dedicated to it for people to learn and acknowledge and honor and all of that, I feel like that is just a core human need. I mean, we're yeah. all different, regardless of whether you believe it or not. We are different. Like, we all bring something different to the table, and we all should be represented. And, and not like an all lives matter kind of thing, because I just realized that's what I'm starting to sound like. More so, it's you don't not sound like that. <laughs> just more so, what I'm trying to say is that I think that representation is critical and i think that people people have different experiences Mm -hmm. that they bring to the table if you can recognize those different experiences that people have that that leads to further equity and you know i won't get too much into it but the guy that was arguing about about the aapi month was um basically said when i said no the government put this into effect it's not the organization that changed their logo on facebook it's the government signed this into law and actually it was a Republican president who expanded it to a month. Yeah. Um, it was George, the first George Bush. And Jimmy Carter first initially passed it. First George Bush expanded it into a month. And then May was the month that it ended up being. Um, he decided to compare it to, well, 
the Nazis were just following orders. And I'm like, this does not make sense. No. This does not make sense. No, 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 no. So I, no. I don't know. But point of it is, it's just having the community, which I think we focused on right now, is very important. You need to have different voices in the community in order to recognize other people's experiences. And if we do all that, we come out of this stronger. We have a better fan base. We have a better like fan experience. experience. Yeah. And, yeah. And all that sort of stuff gets brought to the table when we cheer on the team. Right. And I think that's, I think that's important. I think the team, the team itself acknowledges that that's important. I mean, that's why they have city moves and they bring in, you know, people from different backgrounds, populations to give their experience and, and help shape the experience for uh, everyone. And so I think that the team is even behind that. And I just think in general, soccer is a community sport and we need to acknowledge that. Well said. We realize that today's episode was heavy and we do care about things that are happening in the community and we, we always will, but we promise that we will come back with lighthearted, fun episodes. I mean, Anna Maria is a Chelsea supporter, so we will always have something to joke about. <laughs>